welcome to the Frisco Podcast. I'm Nicole Barron, the Editor-in-Chief of Lifestyle Frisco, and today we have Kevin Hale, the President and COO of National Breast Cancer Foundation in Frisco. Welcome. Thank you. Glad to be here. I'm glad you're here because by the time this airs, it will be October, which is one of the many months that we should be thinking about and supporting the breast cancer cause. So tell me a bit about your organization, your role, and your presence in Frisco. Well, uh, National Breast Cancer Foundation, our purpose, our primary purpose for existing is to help women now. And that is a very practical, uh, when you're facing cancer, you have many needs and they emerge from the second you're told you have cancer um, to all the way through the process, uh, you know, to even out of uh, when you when you uh, finish your cancer journey you are then looking a lot of times for ways to volunteer and that type of thing. So we're really what we want to be is that navigator that kind of grabs your hand from the moment that cancer invades your life to all the way through your cancer journey. And then, and really like how you want to come back around and how you want to be involved. So NBCF uh, has been in existence since 1991 and uh, which is a long time when you think about it. It is. Oh yes, it is. 27 years. Um, it was founded around my family's kitchen table, just kind of like this, you know, and uh, my parents uh, came to my older brother and I one day and they just said, hey, we're going to start a nonprofit. We didn't know what that meant. And uh, my mom had been a breast cancer survivor for about 10 years at that point. So she had breast cancer back in the early 80s. It was 1980, 81. Very different approach to supporting her at that time. Yeah. yeah. Think about it, no internet, yeah. right? So mm-hmm. you couldn't go Google anything. You didn't have the support network that you have now. Mm-hmm. I mean, social media has done so much to really connect people together. But when when you're in that um, moment and you're you know you're told you have cancer, you just kind of uh, a lot of times you can feel like you're you're alone and um, you really need that support network. So fortunately, she had my dad and she had her family and, and some friends, but she really needed like other survivors and and other people to be there for and, and second opinions and things like that in the medical community. And they just didn't do things like that back then. Mm-hmm. So that, that experience that she had, even though she made it through her breast cancer uh, diagnosis, she said something's missing here. And that's what sat with her for a long time. And my parents both kind of started realizing, hey, there's probably an opportunity to go ahead and do things a little different. And uh, they started NBCF in 91 and then really um, for several years, it was just a labor of love, you know, as most things are, it's very sure. small, it's like a small seed that you plant. And then that ends up becoming uh, a full grown tree later on, you know, before you realize it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it was really during the nineties, um, that, that all the groundwork was being laid. And, and then, uh, we got to really the advent of the internet, you know, in the mid right. to late nineties. And that's when, we had a website and then people started calling us and, you know, based off getting our information on the internet and searches. And that's when NBCF took off. Wow, that's great. Well, you have a strong presence in Frisco. I think that, you know, I see you everywhere. You're very involved in the community, supporting everything that's going on. And so I think I think you've done it. You are very well um, into the mix and making a difference. And so we have, of course, Breast Cancer Awareness Month coming up. And I know for you, it's every month of the year. It's it's important to be talking about this cause. But in October, we will see an influx of pink everywhere, which is yeah. good. It's good. Tell me your perspective of that. And when, when somebody says, you know, gosh, there's a whole lot of this and haven't we done that yeah. enough? What do you say about that? Yeah, I, you know, what's wonderful to think about is, you know, I mentioned a moment ago, the early 90s when we started, um, we've had 
really, I would say collectively, you know, Komen's done a great job of this, ACS, Breast Cancer Research Foundation, NBCF. You know, we've all, um, we're all like we're siblings, you know, and there's sometimes we're kind of like, uh, you know, we, we want to try to get some of the same sponsor dollars or something like sure. that. That's the nature of the industry. But in the end, our, our uh, uh, it takes so many different people coming from different angles to really raise awareness. And because it, it, you know, especially in this time period that we're in, things can be forgotten so quickly, right? Like True. there's the news cycles and there's just stuff happening. Mm-hmm. And so years and years and years of really wonderful campaigns of branding that pink ribbon and, you know, seeing it on water bottles and seeing it on other stuff. Um, we were able to create October as Breast Cancer Awareness Month and really firmly lock that in into the public's mind. And that did so much. That's done so many things to help really lower the mortality rate through early detection and awareness. Because if you can detect breast cancer early enough, if you can detect uh, cancer before breast cancer in stage zero and one, uh, which is like when before it becomes invasive, then you have statistically approaching 100% survival rate over a five-year window. And that, that was is true 20 years ago. Right, exactly. Yeah. And yeah. that's because what we've been able to do is is to help women know, hey, I have a lump, something's wrong, I, I need to go get this figured out. Mm-hmm. And if something is odd or, you know, that's what breast self-exams, that whole mindset created and, and the ad, uh, advocacy for mammograms uh, over the years, that created a early detection mindset for women. And um, and so the really the awareness campaigns and then also just as the Pink Ribbon uh, has done such a wonderful job of helping people to companies to want to approach, uh, you know, us in this industry and say, we want to partner with you guys and raise funds for you. So that money has gone into uh, not just research, but just everyday applications and things like what we do, you know, paying for nurses salaries and as patient navigators and wonderful online support groups and educational materials and, you know, all kinds of things. And so what my concern is, is if obviously if, if the public loses interest and says, well, we've already done that and we've thrown enough money into breast cancer or cancer in general, we need to focus on other things is that unfortunately cancer is going to just keep coming back. Like it's not going to go away until we, you know, eventually eradicated it. And so we have to continue to, to stay out there and hold the torch. So I would like to say that probably it'd be, you know, uh, maybe there's some new flavor of the month, but guys, let's keep holding the torch strong for breast cancer because it's important. Mm-hmm. And we are constantly inundated with stories of people that we know that uh, unfortunately um, have breast cancer. And we say, we're going to keep fighting for you. I, one of the things I love, and, and I appreciate that message because you're right, we can't stop now, is, right. is really the overarching message there. And one of the things I appreciate about your social media, there's so many good things you all are doing. I happen to be um, intimately aware of your social media page, and, and you share um, testimonials, if you will, of women that are you know celebrating seven years, or there's a picture of a sweet mom with her kids, and she's mm-hmm. celebrating a victory along her journey. And I love the stories. I love seeing the people that you're impacting because Thank it makes you. it more real. It's not just pink on a box of crackers. It's there are yeah. people behind this lives that are impacted. So I think that's really incredible. Mm-hmm. Tell us a story because I know you have a bunch of stories, amazing stories of of the impact in lives. Tell us one. 
Well, there's so many. Um, you know, I, I like, I think one thing that's really interesting from uh, perspective, we're trying to educate people, yes. you know, when they, we come in. You know, one of our programs that we have is called Breast Cancer in the Workplace. And we actually partner with companies to educate their HR departments on how to work with someone who's been diagnosed with breast cancer. Wow. So you think about that for a second. You say one of your colleagues has breast cancer and they don't, uh, they don't want to say anything. First of all, people used to get fired for this. I don't know if you knew this. Back in my mom's time window, um, they would fire them because, oh, no, it's going to jack with their insurance, right? Because it can be very costly. So right. especially smaller businesses would just, they would just be like, I'm sorry, you know, here's a, whatever, here's a bouquet of flowers and a couple weeks severance and we got to let you go or whatever. I mean, it was atrocious, some of the stuff that, you know, used to happen and Fortunately, society said, no, 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 we can't do that. We got to figure it. We got to do better than that. Yeah. And, uh, but, but what we have realized is that, um, that there is a way to talk to cancer patients while they're going through it. And there are needs that they have that, that, that they can continue to still work for you. And a lot of them want to work. I mean, really, yeah. they don't want to just sit at home and feel sorry for themselves. Right. But they might need an, an amended schedule or something like that. So we created... This kind of like um, uh, it's a program that basically says, here's things you can say to them. Here's what they what their needs are and that type of thing. Wow. And uh, so, you know, we've watched that really emerge and and um, and watched people benefit from that and, and being able to change the dialogue. But one of the really neat things this kind of segues into another program we have sure. uh, about our um, Hope Kit program. And Hope Kits are uh, a box of, of goods that we give breast cancer patients that are meaningful to them, like lotion and um, socks and like warm, fuzzy socks and tea and things like that, that would be meaningful to a breast cancer patient. And so, you know, we have an opportunity for people to, and we can go into this later, but we have an opportunity for people to uh, pack them together, like as a volunteer opportunity, and then to give them and even encouraging notes and things like that. Wow. And we did one yesterday with our partners, Nate, Nature Nates is one of our wonderful oh, sponsors, sure. yeah. wonderful honey company. Mm -hmm. And we did one out there at their uh, at their farm and had their employees involved. And so I was just kind of sitting down at the in, the encouraging uh, notes section. You write down a note to put in the box, and I was really thinking about that. I'm like every person that's getting one of these boxes is having one of their worst days. I mean, it's yeah. they're in one of the darkest times in their life, right? And and I thought about that, and that little card I was writing, I mean, I got nervous writing the note because I'm thinking this is, I don't want to misportray uh, NBCF or I don't want to hurt their feelings. I want it to be a net positive thing. I don't want to say something's going to, you know, offend them because it's a stranger. I don't know who it is. Uh -huh. So I really sat there and thought about what I was going to say, and it got me thinking, you know, here's this stack of boxes over here, right? And we did maybe a hundred or something like that that day. And those are a hundred lives of people that are in their darkest moment that we're reaching out and touching. And uh, one of those uh, things that happened, and it kind of connects into the workplace, was uh, we had uh, a friend, a very good friend now of the foundation. Um, she uh, was diagnosed with breast cancer uh, about a year ago, I'd say. And her uh, colleague had just heard about the Hope Kit program, and he came and he picked one up and he took it to her. And she wasn't really telling people about it, you know, at the time. Uh, she just told a few people, and she was very private about it, and was just trying to, you know, kind of get through it. Yeah. Well, he 
uh, said, hey, can I hand you something out in the parking lot? Will you come with me? And so she comes out, and he hands her the Hope Kit. And she just broke and, and started to really open up. And that was the moment where um, she opened her heart up to her work family and invited them in. And then concurrently, we were teaching them about what to say and how to help her and how to support her. And so it was a really holistic approach to the whole thing yeah. that, that whereas in the past, people might have blocked out their coworkers. Mm-hmm. And for this woman, that was a significant moment to connect and to invite them into her life because they wanted to help. And they were helpless and, and didn't have the power to do anything to help her. And now she's become one of our just most wonderful volunteers and uh, is just uh, we're so happy for her. So. Oh, I love hearing that. It's it's mm-hmm. a ministry. It's really mm-hmm. what it is. I can't is. help but liken it to that. It is. That's really really awesome. And yes, I'm. I've, we when you did your lifestyle profiles interview with Wendy McGowan Ellis, we talked a little bit about those hope kits, and that's an incredible way for companies to partner with you guys to mobilize their employees. How do they do that? How do they sign up to become to do it to have a party, a packing party? Well, I mean, first of all, you can reach out to us, uh, you know, mbcf.org or uh, any of our Frisco presence. I mean, we're here in Frisco, obviously. So, you know, we're a national organization, but we're mm-hmm. pretty easy to get a hold of here in Frisco. Uh-huh. We're over at Hall Park. We really like for people to come in first, first and foremost, come in and visit with us and do a tour, meet our staff, oh, nice. walk through, you know, it's open to the public and we love to share our story with people. And it's a uh, really wonderful, you know, way to kind of sit down and say, what do you guys want? Like, why are you here? Mm-hmm. That's what I always ask any of these sponsors. We work with, I mean, we right now we've got Hungry Howie's, a huge pizza chain, Adidas, uh, um, Evian. Uh, I mean, I could just sit at Jamba Juice, like a string off uh, hundreds of sponsors that we work with. As soon as we possibly can, when we're first reached, when we're first approached by them or when we approach them and when we have that first conversation, we're saying, why are you sitting at this table? Mm-hmm. What brought you here? And it's okay. Sometimes it's because, hey, we want to sell more water bottles or we want to uh-huh. do this sure. and we want to give back at the same time. Sure. Yeah. It's okay. Mm-hmm. Because what happens is when a company does that and they commit and they get going, inevitably someone raises their hand and they say, I had, I had breast cancer five years ago. Did you guys know that? And they're yeah. like, what? Right. It becomes and, personal then. Yeah. Or my yeah. wife, I lost my first wife to breast cancer, that type of thing. Yeah. And now all of a sudden the company is all in. Mm-hmm. And I can't tell you how many times, a lot of times it is because they're coming in and they are, it's very personal. And I'd say it's more the, the occasion than the other one where people are coming in and they're going, look, we lost someone in our executive team. That's what happened with AT&T. You know, they lost a really wonderful uh, colleague of theirs and a senior leader. And they said, we want to do something. So we ended up working with them last year on, on a project. And wow. they were really rallying behind their coworker. And that to them, they were like, that's what it's all about. That's why we're doing this. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's really good to hear that it's not always just about the, the bottom line, that there's really a, a reason these companies oh, get involved. I love that. Just people. Yeah, it is. It is. It matters what you're doing. I think it's really incredible. So what's coming up in October? I know there's probably a lot happening uh, in October for you all, but I've heard there's something significant going on um, having to do with games. And it's a foreign language to me. I told you that earlier. I not a big to, Fortnite you, fan. I have no idea. <laughs> I have three kids, but they, they haven't yet gone there. And okay. so, so tell us, what are you doing? Well, it's really fun. Well, I, gaming is just a fascinating industry. I, I love it. You know, I've always been a gamer. And I never would have thought that NBCF would have such a hand in the gaming industry. It's just fascinating. It feels like my life 
has come full circle because I swear I told my mom when I was probably 16, <laughs> hey, you know, there's a reason I'm playing nine hours straight of super, you know, <laughs> you super techno ball. Okay. Or <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, it's going to matter at one point, I promise, mom. Um, here it is. Here it is. Here's later. <laughs> but uh, w- what's really interesting, a few years ago, we started uh, realizing we were having, we have random fundraisers. This year we have 2,700 fundraisers <gasps> active. What? 2,700 active fundraisers during this this, this one-year window. So wow. every one-year window. Um, that's not the companies, that's fundraisers. So these right. are individuals doing fundraisers. And yes. generally they're, you know, two, $300 type uh-huh. things. And it's just, you know, random people uh-huh. doing stuff to honor their loved ones, right? Wow. So we'll get some that kind of pop through and we'll, we keep an eye on trends and things. We started seeing a lot of gaming type streaming fundraisers happening. And streaming is when uh, someone is playing a game and believe it or not, people want to see this. They want to watch someone else play a video game. It's so crazy <laughs> to people, but it's true. They'll yeah. they'll they'll be playing a game, uh-huh. and it's kind of like watching Michael Jordan play basketball, and then you want to go play basketball, right? And you're sure. like imagining being him dunking and stuff. It's the same thing. So yeah. you see these streamers, and they're very entertaining, and they're very good, and they they get maybe some of them will have like uh, you know five people watching them. But then sometimes they'll have like a hundred and then, but then they'll, a lot of them, if they're good, they'll continue to evolve and they end up having, you know, thousands. And then we're working with some that have millions. And so you, they become true stars, you know, within the space. But what, what they're doing is they're sitting there and they're doing a telethon for you essentially. So they'll take like a 12 hour window and they'll be like, all right, I'm playing this game, guys. Come on, let's raise another $10. Let's raise 20 Wow. And, and if I do this, if I play this game blindfolded, you know, can, will you will you give me $50? And they're giving that money to the foundation. So we've seen crazy stuff where, you know, someone will be playing an obscure video game. They'll raise like $20,000, you know, for, from 1,000 people. That's incredible. And, yeah. Man, the sky's the limit in terms of what you can do. <laughs> it's incredible. That's really cool. So we we were watching this happening, and, and, and we started being really intentional last year. And our fundraising director's amazing lady, Lorraine Gilbert, she really said, look, I think that if we very if we focus on this and really make ourselves like, you know, good resources and all that, we could really make headway. Well, in Frisco, you know, we are blessed to have some really powerful – organizations and gaming icons right. we have team uh, well within the, this dfw space but then presence within dfw uh, within frisco we have um complexity gaming who is jerry jones's team that's jerry jones bought the video game team i don't know if you knew that for i think 10 million or something like i knew that. he was into esports and that that was the emerging yeah. uh, but i didn't hear now, that jerry ain't playing the video he's games. not playing right, right, right. he probably thinks it's newfangled he's technology investing because he knows this he's is... got an eye on the future right so he bought complexity jason lake great guy he was ceo of, of that organization um optic gaming who's owned by infinite infinite uh infinite gaming i think it is they are a parent company and they're owned by one of the Texas Rangers owner owners. Oh. And so they have a hand in it and they do like live game. Uh, they have a, a gaming team and they have, uh, you know, a live event production team and other folks like that. Night Media, who's a talent manager, great organization. <laughs> um, game, uh, Gearbox Studios, Randy Pitchford, who was just 
yesterday's Yesterday. article. That was a good article. Yes, it's on our site. Number yes. one place to live in America. Yep, that was awesome. And it's not wonderful. just because we're growing quickly. That's right. Because we're awesome. That's right. So Randy was <laughs> yeah. uh, quoted heavily, but you yeah. know he's a visionary. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Team Envy, Dallas Fuel, or some other organizations that are you know within our area. Mm-hmm. And anyway, because of that, um, we we started saying, you know, look, we need to get to know these people. We need mm-hmm. to say, hey, NBCF wants to be available to the you know really it's like the next generation we want to get in and learn, yep. learn the language and how can we help not just to raise more money but to actually as a as a means for communicating and connecting with this next generation and it led to wonderful um, conversations about what that might look like for a charity to be involved so what happened was um, we ended up partnering with a guy named Reed Ducher and he is just an uh, absolutely amazing guy. He worked with uh, a real famous YouTube group called uh, Dude Perfect. Oh, well, yeah. Yeah. Okay. We're trying to get them in these seats, by the way. That's hard so, to do. I know. They don't do a lot. So <laughs> they're busy guys. They are busy guys. They're they're very hard to get a hold of um, for, for good reasons. They have yes. good keepers. But yes. Reed, was, uh, Reed uh, managed them and really was responsible for trying to monetize them from a production stand or from uh, take them from YouTube sure, yes. revenue to uh, in video sponsored videos. So okay. that was like Callaway Goff and Nerf and all that pre Pringles and all that. Reed was working with them and in large part trying to get in front of these companies because believe it or not, even like five years ago, they might have a video that has 10 million impressions. Mm-hmm. And they were looking at those numbers. These companies were looking at those numbers and saying, ad didn't count. It's little kids or YouTube wow. didn't count. And they're going, no, these this is real. These are real impressions, and they're more valuable than TV impressions or radio or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so what happened was, uh, you know, that that they had this success early on, and they were able to get a couple, you know, great video partnerships with, like, Callaway Goff and, uh, nerf and whatever and then everyone started dogpiling them saying wow we want in and they go sorry we only do like four or five a year and wow. they locked him out well um reed was a big part of that so i got to know him and i said brought him in to the nbcf and i said we got to work together man like how can we crack in and he said well you know what i want to introduce you to a guy named preston plays who has the largest he's kind of the the granddaddy of he's 24 i think but he's like the granddaddy <laughs> of Minecraft YouTubing, right? Okay. So he's one of the top streamers and then get, you know, content creators around Minecraft. And he's an absolute legend. So he has like 7 million subscribers. So we started talking to Reed and he said, uh, he said, um, or to Preston and he said, Hey, I'd love to do an event for you. I can bring some friends in. So it started out, we were going to go to a smaller venue and we started realizing, you know what, this is going to be pretty big. Y'all have a lot of viewers. And it turned into Dr. Pepper Arena. And then we started talking to them and what would it look like. So this October, so here in a few weeks, uh, you know, obviously we're filming ahead of time. Mm -hmm. Um, Future Kevin is going to be a month (laughs) down the line on all the planning and won't be as stressed out. But um, we are going to hold what is going to end up being 5,500 people in a packed out stadium, head to head, four content creators they're going to be playing each other we're going to have audience participation it's it's a weekend before halloween so it's going to be amazing we're going to have a costume contest raffles giveaways 
um, dance contests, you know, DJ, like the whole place is going to be just electrifying. But the best part is we're streaming it out live. So it'll be like a, like a competition style broadcast with cool. multiple cameras and all that. And it's going to be streamed out to, it'll be the largest charity gaming stream in history. And we, well they combine, they have 23 million subscribers mm -hmm. and we think we'll have anywhere between 100 and 150,000 concurrent viewers while at, at one time while we're streaming that, but then there's tens of millions after the fact and everyone's going to be picking it up. And so this is happening in Frisco. That's awesome. So families have a chance to be a part of that and we're bringing and we're so proud that we're getting to bring this, this awesome experience to Frisco. And it's really going to be the start of many events like that. I bet it will be. It's very innovative. I've never heard of anything like it. And it does seem like it's the clear direction we're headed. So yeah. way to be at the forefront of that. That's really awesome. And thanks Thank for you. bringing it to Frisco. How do families attend? Do they buy tickets? How does this work? Yeah, it's a uh, ticket master is a way to go there. Mm -hmm. I, I, you know, again, it may be sold out and probably, you know, at this point, but I'm sure there'll be sure, that's scalpers and all those guys, you know, but, but, but they um, can watch it, but on, they can watch yeah. it online, yeah. but gamepink.org will be, that is our brand that we created. So just taking one step back on that, mm -hmm. um, game pink is this, we, we knew we needed to kind of create like a, a overall brand to explain it. Cause national breast cancer foundation is kind of too long. Sure. And, so we've created all these resources and it's a whole different marketing message really than our traditional marketing message. Okay. And so we have all these streamers. We're going to be doing things outside of just this event uh, during October. And we have Fortnite streamers and different famous streamers who are, who are going to be doing uh, events under the banner of Game Pink. Game Pink. And okay. Game Pink is NBCF. So um, they can go to gamepink.org okay. and the tickets are available there if there are any. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, there's meet and greet opportunities and things like that. But the event is going to be phenomenal. And then, of course, they can watch the stream live. Uh, it's on October 28th okay. from 2 to 7 p.m. The stream starts at 4. It's a two-hour, like, presentation. Okay. And then there's a pre-show and then after party. And it's going to be uh, phenomenal. That's really exciting. Yeah. Very cool. We'll have to see if we can somehow support you in that and yeah. be a part of it, be present or Thank something. You. That's mm -hmm. really, really cool. Absolutely. Wow, how exciting. So we will help socialize that for you. I know you're going to have it on your social media, on your websites, but we'll... We need all the help we can yeah, get. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll push that out for you as well because that's mm -hmm. really cool that, that you said it's going to be the largest... Say that again. Largest but, charity gaming stream in, in history. history that's awesome i don't think i could say that again still it's hard anyway, i still yeah. screw it up <laughs> <laughs> no that's awesome okay that's exciting what else do you want to want to share today about nbcf and what you're doing i know you've got a strong team there's a lot happening in hall park what else comes to the, t the top of your mind right now well you know obviously the national press i mean you'll see a lot of things happening nationally mm -hmm. you know we, we're really excited uh, you know again jamba is one of our wonderful partners so we'll be uh, doing a great October campaign with them. Good. Adidas has some great, you know, shoes, a women's shoe line that they're doing with us. And we have all those national, like in October, you'll see, and you are seeing all these activated campaigns. You know, if yeah. you happen to be blessed enough to live in our area, um, that, you know, we are here to support you and we're, we're here to support everyone. But I think you get a little special it's, it's nice. Like when I went to Livestrong years ago, and I used to know um, Doug Ullman, who was the CEO at the time, uh, it was about five years ago, five, six years ago, I was down visiting with him. And it might have been longer than that, even time flies. I know. But uh, anyway, he was the former CEO. And I was talking to him one day about that, and he was kind of just sharing. He's like, you know what? 
if you're in Austin, you get a special version of Livestrong because mm. our staff is here. We, you know, you can come into our offices and we just have things we can give you that we can't give everyone else. And that really resonated with me because at the time we didn't really have a public, we didn't really invite the public into our headquarters, it's the same headquarters, but we were very nationally minded. Uh -huh. And about three years ago, we really started to change our philosophy on that and said, you know, our, our employees were going, hey, can we do more, you know, kind of just old school going out, setting up a sign and passing out flyers. And we're like, okay, sure. And it was invigorating. And then we started doing stuff, working with the young people and doing, we have an amazing intern program with Frisco ISD, yep. three years running now, uh, all kinds of internships with the college students around in the area and uh, and these great volunteer opportunities. But but really what happened was we, we just saw that there was so many ways, so much more engagement, not just for the public, but for our own staff and how inspired everyone got when they were able to interface, you know, with each mm, other. Sure. And, you know, we're interfacing with the public and the public's interfacing with us and learning about NBCF. So it just, it really escalated things. And then we were fortunate enough to hire Ashley Miller, who, you know, is like Miss Frisco. Mm -hmm. she, everybody knows her and she knows everybody in Frisco. She's a wonderful lady. And so Ashley's our director of community relations. And um, Ashley is, uh, she was a, a huge boost. We've had her for about a year and a half now. And I can't even remember pre-Ashley. <laughs> I don't even know what that time was. But when Ashley came in, I said, all right, Ashley, you and me are just going to go everywhere. We're going to go, we're going to get to know everyone. And I thought I knew some people in Frisco. And then Ashley started opening <laughs> doors. And then uh, we've just been very active over the last couple of years. But it's been wonderful because I think in that process, we've had so many instances where people have come to us and said, I mean, they'll, they'll Facebook message me, text me, uh, random, you know, Ashley, all of our staff, we get random, crazy, you know, bird will fly up on the windowsill with a sticky note. <laughs> people saying, hey, can you call my friend or will you do this or that? And these random little things to connect with someone. And so we become that resource locally where when people have a loved one or a friend that is diagnosed with breast cancer, they want to help. And they say, how do I help? Mm -hmm. And, or will you please talk to my friend? And so we just relish those opportunities and yeah, it can take some time, but we've all kind of as a staff said, we're going to set time aside to make sure that we give the best version of MECF to people that are right here, you know, in our community, in our backyard. And, wow. and I would just want to encourage people that if you have any needs if you are uh, struggling and you, you need information or you you know one thing that just happened that was really powerful is a friend uh, messaged me and he said I have a, a very good friend who's friend so this is a friend's friend's friend who is uh, dealing with leukemia and it's not breast cancer mm -hmm. dealing with leukemia and she's really struggling with it and um, mentally struggling with what her treatment should be and and he was struggling because he saw his friend struggling and he wanted to help so my friend said, can you talk to this friend of the friend and uh, help make connections and try to just help him out? And I said, absolutely. So we kind of pulled a couple people in. Long story short, I won't get into the details because it's, you know, it's private, but uh, we NBCF was able to help in a significant way with someone struggling with leukemia in, in a way that could very well save their life. Wow. And I think that is significant because um, our organization is not saying 
we, we, we start with yes, and then we sort of last resort is no. Hmm. And what can we do? And if we can't help, then it's not enough to just say, sorry, that's not what we do. And so I'm seeing our, our culture as an organization even change in a really wonderful way where everyone, you know, it doesn't matter if you're the receptionist or the new person or the intern, everyone at MECF, and then now all our volunteers are doing it, that they, they want to help and they want to find a way to help and be significant, um, you know, to hold that person's hand and say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to find an answer for you, which is like the best customer service, right? If someone actually walks you to mm-hmm. all three mm-hmm. instead of saying it's over in all three. Exactly. So I think that all starts with, um, again, just if you live in this area, you need to be utilizing NBCF. We, we have resources dedicated to help you through a myriad of different um, problems that you or your friends or loved ones might be going through. I love that. That was so well said. And it is it makes a huge difference when your team is inspired and they've really taken ownership of what mm-hmm. you all do and why you show up to work every day. And that that affects their lives. And, and you know, coming into the office each day is more than just coming into the office each day. And everyone Absolutely. wants to make a difference. So I see that. I see that you all, I love that you're very approachable, that we can reach out and touch you in Frisco and, and connect personally. And um, it doesn't feel corporate. It feels yeah. like a family. I see that. I feel it. Thank yeah. you. Yes. Yeah, it's that's, different. That's, uh, that's, that's our heart. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we really, you know, my mom is, is the CEO and she's our founder and she's still very actively involved. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, it really is a, a labor of love from, from our family. My, my dad passed away earlier in the year. He, uh, he, it was in January. And, you know, we miss him tremendously. But it's like you'll walk down. Like the other day I had this uh, thought. I was sitting in the conference room. And we picked those chairs out, you know, like years ago as a family. And it was like my brother used to work for the organization. And, you know, he made a significant impact for many years. And so really our family and then my oldest brother was on the board originally and he helped to start the foundation. So it's really been a labor of love from the Hale family, you know, for for 27 years. But I was looking at this chair and I go, oh, man, I remember my dad. It was this we call it the trick chair Uh because there's this chair that has uh, it's like the little lever that does it fall it, yeah and no it leaned it, it'll oh. just break backwards okay and uh i i used to laugh that was the funniest thing in the world because it was like it until it happened to you but you'd be in a meeting saying something serious and that thing would break loose and you'd see the person flying back and the heels would come up and he nearly went all the way over a couple of times over the years but oh so you still have the chair we still have the chair it's Good. a trick chair and we <laughs> rotate it so no one knows who's gonna end up in the trick chair but That's you know, funny. it's it's uh, yeah. When you kind of walk down the halls and you think about, we had so many wonderful people over the years that worked in MECF, and you know they move on for different reasons, mm-hmm. and and you know the impact of their family. What I love about where we are now as an organization is that it's it's transcended our family. It's it's owned by the community, and I love oh, that. That's cool. I want this leg. Our legacy is not the Hale legacy. It's the NBCF legacy transcends our family. We want this to be, uh, I, I would love nothing more than to be in heaven 20 years, 30, you know, not 20 years from now, like <laughs> Let's say 100 years Let's from just, now, whatever, yeah. <laughs> 50, okay? And, and, and just to know like, wow, that kept going and other yeah. people picked up the torch. And you know, hopefully, honestly, breast cancer is not even an issue at that point. I know, but, yes. But, you know, it's it's just neat to see uh, other people really, you know, take the vision and kind of own it and and carry that forward. Oh, that's really incredible. OK, so because we're coming up on October, well, it is October at this point, um, mm-hmm. listening to this podcast, 
One of the questions you probably hear a lot is in reference to your transparency, any mm-hmm. nonprofit. And we have North Texas Giving Day happens mm-hmm. to be this week. And so what would your response be? Tell us about the transparency and the use of funds at NBCF. I'm confident that it's stellar. I just yes. let you speak to that. Yeah, thank you. So, you know, NBCF, uh, that's always been very, very important to us. I mean, mm-hmm. when you nonprofits are um, nonprofits are faced with I think kind of in some ways an unfair scrutiny about uh, like not scrutiny, but um, standard of how they have to spend their money relative to even, you know, for-profit corporations. Basically, if you're turning a profit in in a for-profit then you're good, but nonprofits have to oftentimes like operate on a shoestring budget and they have to do make things and they can't take risks and all that. So, right. um, and, and, and that's because the public is trusting you. And so we get that, you know, and mm-hmm. so NBCF has always been so, it's been so important to us to be transparent and with all of our, our charity watchdog, you know, scoring and everything. Mm-hmm. The one thing that's unacceptable to me is to have any kind of lack of transparency. So we've always been very big on being very open about our audits and mm-hmm. you know and involving everyone and and seeking to attain we have a standard in in the industry that you know we have always tried to achieve and i think generally we've been there and it's about 80 percent. so 80 mm-hmm. percent of every dollar spent um that nbc spends is going towards programs and so that means that you know you have to a lot of times you got to make some sacrifices as an organization and you know you can't always get you know, you can't um, always expand if you want to, or you want to try some pro, some new thing out, and you got to like tighten it down and say, "Sorry, we can't do it," mm-hmm. um, because we got to keep these standards. But that's what the public expects, and that's okay. You know, so we we want people to know that um, mm-hmm. that they can trust when they put their money into NBCF that it's going to be well spent. And so, you know, to the, to that end, I think any. Anyone who's looking to work and work with a nonprofit, you know, to either they're going to give money to a nonprofit or volunteer, they should do their research and look on GuideStar and Better Charity Business Navigator. Bureau, Charity Navigator, mm-hmm. and things like that, mm-hmm. and and you know, look up and see, you know, what people make and and I mean, it's cr- it's crazy, but it's like, yeah, you can go on there and you can look at people's salaries, <laughs> you can look at, you know, how they spend their money and all that, and that's okay, like it, it is what it is, you know. Mm-hmm. So we we're proud of that and mm-hmm. we want people to be able to do that. So when you are running a business, it's an important, personal, incredible, you know, business. Yeah. And as you said, you're you're using other the funds that people have trusted you with, but it does you do at the end of the day have to operate this thing every right. day. And so there are going to be expenses, there are going to be salaries. Right. And so I mean I could go on on a soapbox and defend oh, I know. till the end how nonprofits spend their money. They do need to spend money. So they do. Um, and they need yeah. they need the support, you know, and that's yeah. the thing. Like, you know, we can't going back to earlier what you're talking about, um, we need the public to to hold that torch, you know, charitable giving. Fortunately, charitable giving has been continued to increase every year, you know, as a national uh, nationally, which is good. And I, I'm, I'm thrilled with that. Mm-hmm. I think people, um, they need to, to keep that. This gets into how you spend your own money and your budget and all that. But, you know, every family should have that that bucket of money that they set aside and they say, you know, I'm personally going to put skin in the game, not just, oh, my company might do a little bit and I'm going to advocate. That's great, too. We need that. Mm-hmm. But but personally, mm-hmm. if, you know, if I get invited to a charity event or a gala or something like that, um, I take that very serious if another charity. And, and I give, 
you know, to those charities if I'm going to go to the event. Right. I don't go in there and go, oh, well, you know, the, they should the be honored yeah. that I'm here. <laughs> right. You no, know, no. Like, right. I'm, if you know, I may not give as much if it's not as important to me, but we sort of set aside money every year, my wife and I, for that. And people need to continue to, you know, care about that from their own family and then, and then look for ways, you know, as a business to really get behind and then listen to what their customers care about and what their employees care about. Mm -hmm. And, you know, again, breast cancer just hits so many of us, you know, and it's all around us. And that's why I think that it continues to be something that the public is really interested in supporting. Yeah, it is. Well, thank you for sharing all that so well. Um, We're excited to be a partner of yours. You've been so generous with us. We film lifestyle profiles in your studio and maybe one day we'll have our own studio, but we are blessed to be able to share yours and to partner with you guys because we We, really believe in what you're doing. I just want to congratulate you guys as an organization. I've watched you guys grow and and be and really become you know such a respected uh you know it's hard to start anything you know that's why i admire winnie and scott you i know, do I, too. I get it you perseverance know, it's, it's hard <laughs> it's really hard to build a brand and recognition right. i just watched lifestyle frisco grow thank you and and become uh multifaceted and it's neat even seeing you know being a part of this podcast and just seeing this element of it but you guys have such a great reputation because i think you deliver really quality content and, uh, you know, we love partnering with you and we've loved, you know, every time we see you guys at the NBCF headquarters, you know, you're our friends and we see you guys at parties. I've been, you know, to dinner <laughs> with Winnie and Scott and mm-hmm. gotten to know them and, you know, really enjoy. Uh, and, you know, SWAT is best dressed photographer in Frisco. Glad shout to out to SWAT. Yep, shout love, out. Love all his uh, articles he's been writing recently. Yes, yeah. Great stuff. He contributes to us in a number of ways. Yes. But yeah, yeah. It's, it's fun to, you know, have you guys in our backyard and Thank you. Uh, to work together. Thank you. I appreciate that. Scott and Wendy do deserve a lot of credit. We have a really good team, really good team of writers, yeah. and we are growing rapidly right alongside Jess. So we'll Wonderful. do this together. Thank yeah, you right. for spending time with us today. And um, we'll, we'll do more of this. Love it. You're listening to RNCN, the digital destination for premium talk radio.